Hello and welcome, uh, guys and ghouls. Um, God. <laughs> uh, I thought I had a second follow-up for this, but I don't. Wow, this bit is crashing and burning. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Right into... Never mind. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Mike. Uh, my name is Ray. And uh, today is Ray and I's little Halloween tradition as it is around the corner here. A little mm -hmm. early this year for reasons you may or may not come to understand. I'm not going to explain it to you because, you know, you'll figure it out. You're smart people. Mm. Um, but as we have done in the past, we love to dive into the SCP archive um, and just find some of the interesting stories uh, and share them with y'all. Um, and just talk about them and just, you know, whatever else uh, comes across our mind that is tangentially related to uh, the spooktacular season at hand here, folks. I'm just waiting to see how many more puns you're going to throw in there, honestly. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have a lot on, on uh, loaded up here tonight, honestly. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't have last... any juice. I think the first time we did this SCP episode, we rightfully scared each other. And the second time, a good laugh was had by all. Because I think two of her stories were, like, relatively goofy. My favorite being the football team that couldn't, uh... That couldn't lose because they made a deal with, like, the devil or something like that. That was great. That was a good one. I forgot about that one. Uh, that one just lives rent-free in my head now. It's, it just is. Uh... There is that old SCP story. I think you told that one. It was a uh, Warhammer 40k miniature that communicates via dice rolls. And you have to roll the dice and <laughs> you have to transcribe what it's actually saying. No, but that's hilarious. Oh, um, dude, I thought we told that one. I don't know if we did. Oh, yeah, this is a very quick one then. It, it's, it's just what I said. It's someone with a Warhammer miniature and whenever someone rolls uh, two 20-sided dice next to it, it always pops up at a specific number, or if it's a six-sided dice, it always pops up at six. And they're like, that's so weird. But then they found out if they, like, asked it a question, the dice rolls would manipulate. And you keep rolling, and it's actually manipulating to a number uh, that correlates with a letter of the alphabet as we know it. So rolls one, constantly one, is trying to say A. I'm trying to tell you A. And so if you use a 20-sided die with a 6-sided die, it would constantly roll the numbers of what it needs to be. And um, it would do some... It would do kind of a weird thing. I think it would land on its actual side and stay in a corner when it wanted to do a space. And so they transcribed it from there. And it's a really stupid little SCP story. I kind of like it. Yeah. Love a, love a little, little spooky guy. <laughs> spooky little guy. <laughs> love a spooky little... You know I have a per... You know... <laughs> I love a little guy, just in general, you know, freak or non. I do like love a, a little spooky guy. That's great. We love that. Still, my favorite all-time SCP story is the one, one of the ones I first told, called the Great Red Spot, where they observe the Great Red Spot of Jupiter and they find out, oh, there's a spaceship over there. Oh, it's building. Oh, we can't stop it from building. And its final orders was to destroy Earth. How long is it going to take? Yeah, to build get in that line, thing? buddy. Yeah. <laughs> True. Brother. Alright, so who wants to go first? I got two of them. What's your two? Sure, I can do that. Well, uh, for those who may not know, mm -hmm. uh, SCP refers to the Secure, Contain, and Protect Foundations, as it is often known online. Uh, basically, it's a collection of short story, kind of, uh, you know, short, I think short stories. Um, like ghost stories, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Ghost stories set in like a, with a, like a twist of kind of like government bureaucracy and like categorization mm -hmm. to yeah. it. Um which I think ends it's a little bit a little X Files, a little ghost story. It's kind of you know gets all that stuff that I really love. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know Ray likes it too. 
Uh, I love SCP stories. I think they're very fun little short. Most of them are horror stories, but some of them are like they circle back from being horror to just comedy because it's like this is too stupid to be scary type of thing. I think horror and comedy have a lot like I think spiritually they talk. Like Yeah, it's a fine line. A Whenever good scare I'm, is a good punchline, you know. Yeah, wh whenever I'm teaching students how to make a horror video game, I say that is the thinnest tightrope you can walk in making a game because it is so easy to turn a horror game into a comedy. All you need is a simple bug and boom, laughs a minute. Your detention is gone. Yeah, and, and never you come can't back. like overdo it either, because then people just like shut down and yeah, like, it, it, don't want to play it, it anymore. It's kind of like why I don't like the Five Nights at Freddy's games. It's like all it is is jump scares, and I'm a human being. I'm evolutionarily evolved to react to jump scares. This is not horror to me. It's just anxiety. So no, I don't want to play that. Give me a good. Give me an Alien Isolation where there are no jump scares. It's just tension, hunting, and the stalking. Of the Are you sure about that? Ships. Are you... Okay, if it does catch you unawares, then yeah, it's a jump scare. And I will say, when it's chasing you, and you hear that dum 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 dum, that closing those footfalls through the corridors of the ship, and you're wearing like a good pair of headphones, you're like, okay, that could be called a jump scare. But I think that's just like the game just saying, now nah, you're about to get got. Abandon all. <laughs> yeah. Oof. I never played that. I should, you know, I don't have a lot of time to to do stuff. I'm still trying to play through Baldur's Gate. I got to finish that first before I do that's anything a, That's a good one. Um, but yeah, that's one I, as an alien appreciator, that's one I need to go back and like try. Um. It is the only horror game I put down because I said I'm not in the right frame of mind to be this scared. It's good. It's good at what it does. <laughs> maybe too good, perhaps? I don't know about... Maybe. Maybe. Don't put it on the hardest difficulty, because in the hardest difficulty, the alien will... You... you um, it's got a really advanced AI system, and I'm really... I was really impressed by it. No, nothing is scarier in a horror game when you realize that the actual monster in the game can outsmart you. Or no. it... Some you of the... You delete the game. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the AI for the alien, it's like, I know you're under the table, so what I'm going to do is walk out of the room and wait for you to walk out the door, then I'm going to grab you. Because I know you're under there because your foot was sticking out. Like you dummy. <laughs> That's br oh, man. oh brother. That's, I don't need that. I don't need to think about. I don't need to know that something designed by man in a video game could be that smart. I don't need to know that. <laughs> I'm gonna sleep with my toes curled up tonight, hearing that. I don't know why. Just yeah, <laughs> xenomorph um, arm crawling yeah. from under the bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Really, Anyways, really SCPs. Those aren't xenomorphs. But, Not exactly. But I do have a, do have a space-related one for us today. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we let's see here? So, um, I thought honestly a good place to start because this is one we have not done mm -hmm. uh, would be SCP-173, which, if I'm not mistaken, based on my research, is seems to be one of, if not the, you know, fir earliest or like first SCPs made. I'm surprised we're doing this one because I thought thought everybody did this one. This is the most famous. Yeah, this is bar mm -hmm. none the most famous one. Yeah, well, this is like again not one that we've done personally, but yeah. And I think that there's not a ton to really discuss here, uh, but I just thought it was fun. It would be fun to revisit this one. So, uh, SCP-173, your containment procedures here. Uh, item SCP-173 is to be kept in a locked container at all times. When personnel must enter the container, no fewer than three may enter at any time, and the door is to be relocked behind them. At all times, two persons must maintain direct eye contact with SCP-173 until all personnel have vacated and relocked the container. Description. Move to Site-19-1993. Origin is as of yet unknown. 
It is constructed from concrete and rebar traces of Cryolon brand spray paint. SCP-173 is animate and extremely hostile. Uh, the object mm-hmm. cannot move within a direct line of sight. Line of sight must not be broken at any time with SCP-173. Personnel assigned to either container are to enter container are instructed to alert one another before blanking. Object is reported to attack by snapping the neck at the base of the skull or by strangulation. In the event of an attack, personnel are to observe class 4 hazardous object continued procedures. Personnel report sounds of scraping stone originating from within the container when no one is present inside. This is considered normal. And any change in this behavior should be reported to the acting HMCL supervisor on duty. The reddish-brown substance is a combination of feces and blood. Origin of these materials is unknown. The real kicker here. The enclosure must be cleaned on a bi-weekly basis. Just, you know, classic. Like, love mm-hmm. a spooky statue. That's always going to hit for me. Um... I love the in my of- in its defense. It's just trying to get enrichment in its enclosure. <laughs> and who isn't these days? The, the, whom's amongst us? Whom's among months? Whom's among us would not among us? Among us? Among us? Uh, wouldn't want to be enriched in an enclosure. <laughs> Come on. Who I you want I. Here? It's a classic one. It's a classic spooky one. And I, the thought of like once you lay eyes upon it, you can never remove sight, or else it'll just break your neck instantly. He's kind of like that Naruto, like jitsu, like yeah, instantly snaps to the side of the room and snaps your neck. And uh, I've read some extended. There's a lot. This is a favorite amongst many people. There's an extended story bit to this one, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, they have to clean the room of the combination of blood and feces because it never stops excreting. It's like a constant, ever fountain of it. And so they send D-class people. Which, if you're not familiar with SCP lore, a D-class human is a human being that is in, like... They're facing life in prison because they've done something horrible to society, and no one keeps track of them, and no one will miss them if they were to die in prison. So the SCP Foundation just finds these, like, people and say, like, yeah, you know, you're going to die in prison or you're going to die being a science experiment. You don't have a choice. You're coming to work for us. It's a really dark, effed-up way to look at (laughs) human beings, but... That's sure is. Look at them. Yeah. Ah, the penal justice system doing the thing that they always do. They need in they fantasy need. and otherwise. <laughs> right. Mm, mm. And uh, yeah, I like that story. I like it. Here's yeah. Again, one. like, no, I just thought it was fun because I know this would. This is one that is like, kind of like you said, like a classic. Yeah. Uh, again, like. Very Doctor Who. I'm not a big Doctor Who person, but like, yeah, that's a thing. So it's like a fun. It's like, oh, just like I like bringing this one in to our discussions, just because. You know, it's like, things have spiraled out quite a bit from here. Mm-hmm. Where it's like a spooky statue that kills you. Um. So. Uh, I think well, I, that's kind of all I've got for this one here. Well, I got one. Um, that SCP is class Euclid, which means it's dangerous, but it can be contained. Mm-hmm. The containment isn't always reliable, though. Some some SCPers have asked, uh, SCP writers have asked, can this be contained, and what happens if you look at it through a camera? And they're like, that is up to the other author that wants to write this story. Because some people have written, like, if you look at it through a camera, make sure your doors are, like, bolted shut or something. Or blah, 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 blah. But it's it's Euclid. It can be contained. I'm going to talk about a different one. I'm going to talk about the Keter class. Keter class means extremely dangerous, difficult, if not impossible, to contain. You need extensive resources to just simply deal with it. Um, it may not be dangerous... But it has the potential to be very, very bad. Ooh. Uh, so that's Keter class. Keter classes are... The more SCP writers that there are, the more of them that want to write Keter class. In that, my scary story cannot be contained. And I'm going to be honest, 
when I read a lot of SCPs just randomly. Keter class gets boring to read because it's like, oh no, another uncontainable anomaly. Right. Ugh, ugh. Anyways, this one's kind of fun because it's kind of stupid. I'll start with my stupid one. SCP-4040. Uh, now, I won't read the entire thing, it's pretty long, but I want to read the story of it. The story is, uh, field personnel who enter SCP-44 are not to interact with it, and in order to do so, you must give permission from Site-87 Command. Expedition teams have been sent to study it for prolonged periods of time, but they are unable to get containment of it because SCP-4040 always moves. It never stays in the same place at the same time. This has caused different narratives from people that live near it, and civilian residents are said to be cautioned against uh, circulating narratives around it because talking about it can mean it could be near you. It's one of those types of things. The more you kind of think about, you think about it too much, you bring it into existence type of thing, right? So SCP-4040 is a sinkhole. <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a sinkhole up up. It's a sinkhole of indeterminate depth. Oh, that's the kicker. You can't yeah. have that. No. It is it is uh, an indeterminate depth located in Sloth's Forest in Sloth's Pit, Wisconsin. It has been measured to be 30.48 meters wide, and it possesses a single wooden step. Um, yeah, just a single wooden step in front of it. Uh, the precise location of it is unknown because it's been under. It keeps moving. It keeps translocating. It like warps around. If you, the moment you turn away from it, if you ever played the game uh, Outer Wilds. The moment you turn away from like certain quantum rocks, they just move. That's what happens to SCP-4040. If someone stops looking at it, it just moves to a different place. And it acts like it wasn't there. Um, they've tried to explore it with drones. So they tried to use remote control drones. What does it work? Most remote control drones have like a range, commercially available ones, of about 30 meters and then it loses signal and it falls. So they're like, okay, we'll use non-remote drones will use fully autonomous drones, and fully autonomous drones cannot reach the bottom. So, the Foundation sent exactly two personnel to go ahead and just look at it, to take turns and shifts. Already you see the dumbassery that's going on here. Like, you sent two people to look into an infinite depth hole to just stare at it? Alright, what happens? Now, something weird starts happening when the two agents start looking to the hole, and you read the agent's logs of what happens, the agent's name is Agent Allison Carroll and Agent Robert Tulfemeyer. Um, the Mobile Task Force Sigma-10. Ooh. As they're looking at it, they set up camp, and they put a sign next to the hole. It's a very crude sign because the agents are... They're kind of soldiers. Mm -hmm. So the sign says, uh, and I quote, Bottomless pit and topless dancers. Hey it's awful. And so the female agent says, Would you stop being stupid and sexist? And he says, Okay. So he gets a Sharpie and changes it. Bottomless pit and top free dancers. He says it's more PC that way. All right. The sign comes into play later. I swear to God. <laughs> Good bit. Good bit. Um, so they're staring at the hole, and they recognize that the hole reveals... Whatever your deepest, darkest fears are, if you look into it. You don't... If you look at the edge of the hole, you just see a hole. And, you know, you see some blackness to it, because there's no bottom to it. But if you look down into the hole, if you stand on the wooden step and look down into it, you see whatever you most fear. So, Agent uh, Tolfemeyer looks down into the hole, and he sees... A friend of his that was dragged into a lair by another SCP, the Old Man. The Old Man is a completely different SCP, different SCP that's already been contained. And uh, he says, my buddy that I know was killed by the Old Man SCP, I see him alive down there, and he's looking right back at me. And so the other agent said, I need you to step away from the hole right now. Your buddy's not down there. And so Talfamar steps away from the hole. Talfamar says, Okay, why don't you look in the hole? So, Agent Carroll looks into the hole. Walks back. Toflamara says, what did you see? And says, I just saw every single cryptid. And I saw... Uh, 
every cryptid that we've ever fought being released onto this town that we're in right now, except it was 1,000 times worse, and it was because of us, because we always make things worse. And then she, like, shakes her head and realizes what she said. Why did I just say that? And so she says, steps away from the hole, and Toffelmeyer says, Okay, we could both agree. Neither of us are going to look into the hole ever again. They both kind of nod appreciatively. <laughs> they set up camp. That's their job. So one day as they're setting up camp, uh, as they're just recording of the hole, they're just like, Yep, we're looking at the hole, and we hear a soft hum come from it. We're not sure where it's coming from. Can't have but, that. Yeah, they've decided to erect a fence around the hole to keep passerbys also out of it. Um, they explain an odd sense of, and I quote, unreality come from, coming from the hole, along with the soft humming. Um, all right, end of log two. Log three, all right, buckle in. <clears throat> These logs are, by the way, from a handheld camera. In log three, uh, Toffelmeyer is standing next to the hole. And Carol wakes up and says, Get away from the hole. And Toffelmeyer says, I don't see my buddy in the hole anymore. And Car Agent Carol yells, Your buddy's not down there. Jesus Christ, get away from the hole. A dark, enormous humanoid figure rises from the hole. And on the camera, all it can capture is a blackened hand hundreds of feet tall, grab Toffelmeyer, and Carol says, holy hell, and then the blackened hand captures on camera, just shh, coming towards her and snatches her up, and they both get dragged into the hole. The camera is watching them free fall. The recording of the tape says they free fall, screaming and yelling for 30 minutes. Now, for any of you doing some math, that means that they have hit terminal velocity at least four times. Once you've hit terminal velocity and you don't have a parachute, um, hope that you're unconscious, because you probably won't survive what happens next. They hit the bottom of the hole, and they're fine. It's as if they fell into the bed from like three feet up. The camera's even fine. It's still recording. They dust themselves off. They realize that was weird. They both look at each other, and they ask, what, what about the entity? What about that thing that just grabbed us? And off in the corner is SCP-4040-1, which is an old man. His name is Mr. Sloth. He's the one that dug this hole. And he's the one in the corner with a shovel, just digging away. And the agents talk to him. They ask him, what's going on? Are you the guy? And he's like, yeah, I I'm kind of the guy. And they're like, well, we're from... Uh, uh, SC and Plastics Company is like, nah, 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 you don't have to lie to me, agent. I know who you are from your SC Plastics. Ah, you don't have to blow smoke up my ass. And they're like, how do you keep track of the news? Well, it's best you don't ask questions. And then one of the agents asks, well, what about the entity that pulled us in here? Oh, yeah, that thing. Listen, it's best you stop talking about it right now. Talking about it will make it real. And so... The agents keep asking, How long have you been down here? He says, Well, what is the year of your lord? Type of thing. <laughs> and says, Well, it's July 1st, Canada Day in 2018. The guy says, Oh, yeah, so I've been down here for 127 years, six months, and six days. And they're like digging a pit. He's like, Meh, it's a metaphor for this pit. They ask how he's still alive. He's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm imaginary. I'm I'm not real, actually. The the agents kind of look at each other and say like, "How does this happen?" He says, "Oh yeah, the whole thing." Right. Let me get to that. This is a sense of unreality, and I accidentally created it because when I was a little boy, I wrote a lot of stories in my book, and when I eventually got married, uh, my wife was a bit sick. And so I was just writing away to a bunch of stories, and I accidentally wrote a story so good it opened a hole, this hole that we're in right now, and now reality as it exists in this hole only warps based on what you want it to be real. So if you want something to be real, this hole makes it real. 
I am real because you feel I should be real. Even though it doesn't make sense for me to be real. They say, like, so... Anything can be... Real? And like, eh, it's only real if it makes your story better. Like, I doesn't... That doesn't... That doesn't make sense. So earlier, the SCP Foundation had sent Goatman. Now, Goatman is a near-invincible entity. And it's all over SCP stories. There's not an actual entry for SCP Goatman. Mm -hmm. No, it's just a... It's just a cryptid character. But Goatman was one time lured into this hole, and he was able to get out. And when they asked about, well, how did Goatman escape? They're like, oh yeah, Goatman escaped because he figured it would make his legendary story even better. They're like, oh, even Goatman escaped. He's like, yeah, that's why he got out of here. Then, so the agents asked, well, how do we get out? He says, oh, that wouldn't make your story better. No, your story is much more interesting if you stay in the hole. And by the way, you should probably start digging with me. And they both look to their left, and there are two pristine shovels that are just next to him. Mm, I love uh, an SCP on, like, the power of narrative, you know? This is a yeah. good one. And finally it ends when they ask, well, as they're digging, they're asking, what will make our story more interesting to get out of here? We want to leave. And he says, well, keep digging. And the ground breaks and shudders beneath them. The rocks give way, and they both fall through an even deeper chasm. And he yells at them, you'll dig your way through China. And then the ground closes, and then the recording cuts off. And Agent Carroll and Agent Talfamar are found two weeks later in Shunan Bamboo Forest in China off a freshly opened sinkhole that disappeared. By the way, SCP-4040 just also disappeared. The fence that they erected around it, gone. The only thing left proving that the agents have been where they are is just a little sign that just says bottomless... <laughs> Bottom-free pit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bottomless pit and top-free. <laughs> Never. I'm, I, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> That's it. That's SCP-4040. I like that one. It's It's silly, but I like the sense of, like... I accidentally create created an anomaly that only makes reality interesting if it f adds to your story. Yeah, again, I love the the weight of you know, I think there's something to be said for like you don't want things to be like too meta, but like I like mm -hmm. a story about the power of stories and narrative. Like I think this is kind of like how I feel about a lot of like superstition and stuff like you know it's magic is probably not real but like stories and narratives are real and change how we think about things and how we f and how and what we feel so like mm -hmm. you know scientifically something may not like physically exist but that's not the only dimension that we're talking about here yeah like and that's something i just you just have to factor in as far as like as part of like the human experience right like i mean well, I have... if you want to live in that other in a world where that doesn't exist all power to you but i don't think it's this one you know mm -hmm. i hope not yeah there's one last thing. Uh, the whispering on the tape became more coherent as they were able to analyze it. So this, this is a footnote down to the SCP. The whispering translated to, The dark isn't real, but you're blind without light. The cold isn't real, but you'll still freeze in the night. Words aren't real, and yet you know how to write. The pit sloth isn't real, but he'll still give you a fright. Yeah. I love it. Is that that's like good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent one. That was fun. Um, right, you're next, sir. Okay. Well, mine is a little bit. I uh, basically, Ray. I want you to tell me when you think you know. Basically, like, <clears throat> I, 
I need to figure out how to turn this into a boss fight in an RPG we run sometime. Oh, okay. Uh, and you'll see why this is something that I would want to make a boss fight. There's a lot of potential boss fight SCP characters. Yes, but it like... It is bursting with them. And not to be like... Not to, you know, toot my own horn or anything, but like... This is something like I, I specific, like me specifically, would want to have as a boss fight, not just like a mm. big strong guy. So like, strap in here. So, oh okay, SCP fifty five. Object. Whoa, is kept, an early one. Yeah, object is kept within a five by five by two point five meter square room constructed of cement, uh, with a Faraday cage surrounding the walls. Access is via a heavy containment door measuring 2 by 2.5 meters constructed on bearings to ensure door closes and locks automatically unless held open deliberately. Security guards are not to be posted outside this room. It is further advised that all personnel maintaining or studying other SCP objects in the vicinity try to maintain a distance of at least 50 meters from the geometric center of the room as long as this is reasonably practical. SCP-55 is a uh, self-keeping secret, or anti-meme. Information about SCP-55's physical appearance, as well as its nature, behavior, and origins is self-classifying. To clarify, uh, how Site-19 acquired SCP-55 is unknown. When SCP-55 was obtained and by whom is unknown. Mm. This SCP's physical appearance is unknown. It is not indescribable or invisible. Individuals are perfectly capable of entering the container and observing it, taking mental or written notes, making sketches, photographs, and even making audio and video recordings. An extensive log of such observations is on file. However, information about information about SCP's 55's appearance leaks out of a human mind as soon af- soon after such observation. Individuals tasked with describing SCP-55 afterwards find their minds wandering and lose interest in the task. Individuals tasked with sketching a copy of a photograph are unable to remember what the photograph looks like, as are researchers overseeing these tests. Security personnel who have observed SCP-55 via closed-circuit television cameras emerge after a full shift exhausted and amnesiac about the events of the previous hours. Uh, who authorized the construction of SCP-55 containment room, why it was constructed in this way, or the purpose of the described procedures may be, uh, are all unknown. Despite SCP-55's container being easily accessible, all personnel at Site-19 claim no knowledge of 55's existence when challenged. All of these facts are periodically rediscovered, usually by chance, readers of this file, causing a great deal of alarm. The state of concern lasts minutes at most before the matter uh, is forgotten. Uh, a great deal of scientific data has been recorded from 55 but cannot be studied. At least one attempt has been made to destroy 55 or move it, to, uh, move it from containment to another site, meeting failure for reasons unknown. 55 may present a major physical threat and indeed may have killed hundreds of personnel as we would not know it. Certainly it presents a gigantic mimetic mental threat, hence its Keter classification. So, um, so there's a couple of theories about like, um, what this thing is, which is fun. So like, in one of like the kind of supplemental documents here, the author puts forward that like the hypothesis was that it is some sort of like autonomous or remotely controlled agent submitted into this site by a third party for like disruption of SCP operations or observation. Um, Which Does this mean that anytime you look at it, you're not aware of what it is you are looking at? And you forget about it instantly. So what it means so what it means is like when you are observing it, you are perfectly capable of um 
is you you're you're perfectly capable of observing and like understanding it, but when you stop, it is uh it um like it erases itself from your memory and observations. Uh, a couple of other kind of footnotes. Um, it appears to be possible to remember what 55 is not a negation of fact oh. and to repeatedly deduce its existence from memory. So, um, so it seems like there's at least one documented experiment that they know it's not a sphere because mm-hmm. it was like, I don't remember a sphere. So, you know, they're trying to piece out what this thing is by like, remembering trying to remember what it's not which I think is cool that is kind of neat an object that like does not wish to be identified or seen right it's like a it's like a a physical thing that has a constant quantum field around it oh that's weird yeah I Shout out to someone that wrote something like that while while keeping the bit the entire time. I think I would screw up at some point while writing this. Yes, this one is by user QNTM and Captain Bella Bellman. Mm. Yeah, this was. I thought this was a really fun one. Uh, just as like, again, talking about like, you know, the fun kind of spaces you can cover at SCP stories, but like the you know, some just it's just fun to think about something that like would so actively be like against and like an an impediment to like the mission of the SCP, which is like I maintain is like a little evil at the mm-hmm. core of it because it is ultimately to create a mystery or create a universe where everything is known. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there's no possibility for like in the SCP Foundation's perfect world everything is solved like the, and, and or contained and quantified and there is no beautiful mystery or f- beyond that Yeah, and I think you know I think it's fun to think about like that being a I don't want to live in that world where everything is solved and again like not to be this is very like Twin Peaks core um <laughs> but like we have to believe in a world where like you know there's more to the what there's there's another realm in which we live and operate Twin uh, Peaks season 3 which I'm watching thanks to Mike letting me borrow the DVDs, is a whole-ass vibe. Oh, it's such a vibe. We gotta talk. I can't wait. There's a... I'm on... Ep, I just finished episode... Uh, four, actually. Yeah. Have, so, have you met Dougie yet? I, I have met Dougie. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We... we we are a little bit past the Dougie stage. Right on. Yes. Okay. Good. We have done cool. the Dougie. <laughs> I, yeah, I am. I will talk. Okay. You'll probably know when you'll want to, like, talk to me about that. You'll have some okay. moments. So. There, there, there's already been some things going on where I'm like, I, I have no idea. You ever, this is, the thing I kind of like about, this is an aside, both Twin Peaks season one and season two is you kind of think you know where it's going and then it's like no you don't <laughs> no you freaking don't you you absolute fool mm-hmm. you have no idea what's going to happen you dummy sit down <laughs> yeah and then the show keeps going uh-huh. and just like you said it's a whole vibe and just- yeah you kind of have to I'm you- I'm noticing in season three you have to abandon what you think makes sense to really understand what's going here. And you're still not going to get it. Right. Like, you're just I not. think, like, I don't want to, like, sound like I'm justifying or whatever, but, like, I think this is a show where 
you maybe are not getting the most out of it if you're like, okay, wait, but what's that? Like, what does that mean? Like, yeah, if you're if you're like if you're trying to fill out like the Wikipedia plot summary article when you're in your head, like when watching this show, it is just not going to be as effective. Yeah, I think you're wasting your time. And like you and it once you have once you've seen it all, it kind of all like puts everything in a different context that connects a couple dots, but like just vibe with it really is yeah. the, my advice. I feel like I'm doing this show a disservice by watching it sober, honestly. I need to go visit my local dispensary and solve that and then fire up another couple episodes. That's understandable, but don't worry, the journeys are the journeys are coming for sure. So. Okay, all right, I got one more. All right, lay it on me. Last one, SCP, uh, three two zero zero, object Keter class. Buckle in, everybody. Well, as I said before, people love their Keter class, but I'm gonna end on the spooky one. You gotta have a bit Ooh. more spook. Yeah, we love a spooky one. Object thirty two zero zero is a space anomaly. And all potential research into it cannot be done. It's attempted. So this SCP story is about its attempt to explore 3200. It's a region of space approximately 300 million light years in diameter. It's located at the right ascension of the 14th hour, 50 minute declination, 46 degrees, commonly referred to as the uh, Butas Void by civilian scientists. This is an area of space that, for some reason, has the least amount of galaxies and stars in it. Or even rogue stars. It's just oddly empty for some reason. Hmm. And that exists in real life. The Butas Void is a real thing. So what is that? Well, apparently it might be an SCP. It represents a thin and potentially open region in space-time for a trans-universal contact, and it's, uh, this could be possible. So the anomaly is expanding also. It's expanding at a rate of one million light years per year. Now, that sounds like a lot. It is, but in the grand, in the grand reaches of space, it's, it's not that much. Um, it poses zero risk to our, um, well, it's a non-zero risk to a universal collapse scenario, which is something obviously the SCP can't contain, and it means the end of everything we know, including physics. And I think you need, I think I need to repeat that again. Not everything we know, not like, oh no, the world's ending, but at least the Earth will be fine. Not, oh no, the solar system. No, the collapse of what we know as physics would disappear. Um, I think we need those. <laughs> we we need one of those as a treat. Every so often. Can I have little of physics as a treat. <laughs> Zero physics. Um, now, the contention of what the properties of SCP-3200 are highly speculative. So, what did the SCP team do? They sent an astronaut expedition out there. Um... They go into the whole little backstory in this SCP about, like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. We actually have ways of, like, faster than light, faster than space-time travel. Don't think about it too much. We sent three human beings to this fucking anomaly. Don't don't think about it too much. And it's like, yeah, don't... We get there. We sent the shuttle there. We sent them with enough food. We're going to send them out there, possibly to die. We're going to put them in cryosleep, though, and we need the recordings. And we're going to give them a radio transponder so they can send the signal back. So, here's the fun part of the SCP. It gets to the camera feed. Now, Mike, what did you think about the movie Interstellar? And I know you love the ending, but what did you I'm, think about the I'm movie? I'm an inter- Interstellar uh, fan. You will love this SCP, then. This SCP story. There are three different astronauts. Let's get their names out of the way. Uh, Captain Mikhail... Uh, Kuznetsov, uh, mechanical re- a mechanical engineer and research uh, researcher Alexander Moreau, and astrophysicist researcher Thomas uh, Sewell, who is also specialized in extrasolar containment. Oh, that might be useful. So, camera feed pops up. Moreau is like, and just like that, they woke up out of cryosleep. They were in cryosleep for four years. 
We are 700 million light years away from home, and it doesn't feel like anything at all. Sewell says that feels a little scary, but it's also kind of amazing. So are we firmly inside the anomaly then? They confirm. Uh, Kuznetsov says that's correct, and I don't feel anything different. Their shuttlecraft, the Peregrine 9, has some portholes. They look outside. They take notes that it's pitch black. The blackest of black. When astronauts look outside their shuttle or their spacecraft, they see stars. They don't see black. Imagine mm. nothing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they see. And Moreau comments, that is disturbing. Now, all, I, all three men look at each other in silence. I need you to remember, uh, for those of you that don't understand, astronauts are the bravest of the brave. They sit on top of explosions and go off into space most of the time with no hope of ever coming back. They understand this. And they're looking at the blackness of whatever this is, and they're all horrified out of their minds. So El then begins to ask, what are we supposed to do out here? Knetsov responds, I don't know. It's our job. They continue staring into nothingness, and then they end the recording. Recording for the next day. This is Captain Mikhail uh, Knutsov of the Peregrine 9 mission. Reporting in on day one of the mission, we've already hit a snag. The first thing we tried to do was verify the anomaly's Hume levels. Hume levels are what the SCP Foundation measure to see how reality-bending this anomaly is. Mm -hmm. And they can't get a read on it. Um, they can't get a read on it any more than Earthborn satellites can get a read on it. And they have cant counters. Now, cant counters are detecting spatial anomalies. Their cant counters don't function inside the anomaly that they're in right now. He comments, The Hume levels we were reading are fluctuating rapidly, and they're anywhere from almost zero to absurd numbers in the hundreds. If we came all this way and we have a faulty cant counter, <laughs> well, what a tragedy that is to be. Konetsov then looks out the viewport, and he... Camera records that he pauses, simply staring out into space, if that is space, and says, there seems to be something off about this place. We'll have to do more research later, but I suppose that's it for the day. New recording. One month later, Kunetsov starts the recording off. So today we found a box outside of our ship. Literally just a metal box. We brought it in and we've recovered it. It's just sitting pretty outside. Uh, Knesov says, we recovered the box. Nobody panic. We're going to open it, right? The story notes that all the astronauts share in a nervous chuckle. And uh, Moreau stands next to the ejection port just in case. He's going he's gonna to space everybody if, if this goes bad. <laughs> and they open the box. And inside of it is a CD. They take it out. Oh no. They're, they run it. Kunetsov says, put it in that computer over there, the one that's isolated, the one that's cut off from everything. They run the computer. What's on that CD? But it's Captain Kunetsov himself sitting in front of a camera. Kunetsov remarks, what the hell? Inside the recording, the film version of Kunetsov says, this is Captain Mikhail Knetsov of the Peregrine 9 mission reporting in on day 35. Still no signs of slowing down the anomaly's growth. We can't get any good data on it either because we can't get any of our counters working. Still, we will see what we can do. For, for us, that's good enough for now. Signing off, the film ends and the camera feed cuts off. Next recording, it is two weeks later. Konetsov is on front of the camera. The Konetsov that we know. Captain Mikhail Konetsov of the Peregrine 9 mission reporting in on day 47 of the mission. Over the past week or so, we have picked up 12 more recordings of me speaking in a camera about the anomaly. And it shows him rubbing, or it describes him rubbing his face, just stressed out. We're not getting any closer to any answers. All of these versions of myself seem to know what's going on. They know... They th I think they know more than I do. They all seem to reference stopping SCP-3200. I wish this version of me knew half as much as they seem to, but no, their can't counters don't work at all. Neither do ours. I still don't know why. 
Moreau, Captain Moreau, thinks we're seeing something from different universes, but that would explain where the things are coming from. Thomas believes that something is off about the reality around the ship in the anomaly, which would explain the malfunctioning cant counters, but we still have no idea. In summary, in summary, we have a whole lot of questions, a whole lot of nothing. That's all for today. Fast forward. Mm -mm. Fast forward uh, six months later. Captain Konetsov turns on the camera. Today marks the 38th tape we've recovered outside of the ship in the blackness of nothing. 38 different tapes. 38 different me's speaking on the camera. All like I'm doing right now. And all of them are saying the exact same thing. In each video, I'm wearing completely different clothes and the date is just slightly off. Some of them I have different hair, some all kinds of hair, and I have no damn idea why. And then he leans into front of the camera. What worries me most is that I still haven't found out any idea or details of what SCP-3200 is. We're pretty sure this is a region of some weird space-time stuff. Moreau is adamant that this region of space is just pretty thin, allowing for contact between universes. Worse, we're started off finding even more capsules. We found even more than capsules. We have found bodies. We found myself. We found Sewell. We found Moreau. We found some people that we've never even seen before. We found pieces of shuttles. Some of those shuttles were using technology I've never seen before, and other scraps of different things that I can't understand. And then Konetsov shudders on the camera. There's something deeply wrong with this place, and it feels fundamentally misplaced. This place doesn't belong. I don't know what else we can find here. I'm signing off for today. Now, end recordings for now. Now we get into Konetsov's personal notes, which were beamed from his ship to a radio station on Earth. Personal note about how many days later? Ah, two weeks later, reads, how many times? How many times have we been here? This is the question that keeps me up at night. The question that has brought me no rest. We're certainly not the first, and every Konetsov that seems to have been out here has been brought low by the same question. We recovered another log today. The man I saw on the vid was old, very old. He had been recording the anomaly for some time, years, perhaps even decades. Thousands of tapes have been recovered, and none of them have answered. He had studied it for years and years, and nowhere did he find the answer as to why this was happening. They say the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting the different results. If so, then just how mad are we? Now, on one more month later, Konetsov did the EVA. For those of you not in the space, EVA is extravehicular. Uh, uh, what does the A stand for? Wow! For those of you little not jump in the space, around. Yeah, he walked outside the um the craft. I'm gonna look that up. That's it. It's bugging me. Nope. Space EVA. Extravehicular activity. Yeah, walked outside the spaceship. And while he was out in his EVA, he vanished. He was gone. They couldn't find him. Sorel and Moreau didn't know where he went. He reappeared two days later outside of their spaceship. They let him back in. He was very dehydrated. He was very weak. But before he fell into a coma, he had recorded a message into his spacesuit. And they played the recording and they sent it back to Earth. We were fools. This void isn't the region of where space-time is ruined. It's the source of the tear itself. Space-time itself is rending itself apart. And we're seeing the echoes of every timeline, past and future. Mm. Time is an Ouroboros. It's devouring itself again and again, only to be reborn. 
I saw it all. I saw all the times we tried to stop it in the past. I saw all the times we will try to stop it in the future. It happens again and again until we get it right. Over and over again, we try and try and try to fix it. All times bend together until we reach the singularity, and then all is lost. The terror opens more holes everywhere in reality, and the anomalies appear faster and faster. Containment just delays the inevitable. The inevitable is the cleansing slate. I have seen all the timelines, and we haven't stopped it in any of them. Then he breaks out into Russian. Matabioza, we have seen the abyss, and by God, it hates us. That is the last recording of the Paragon 9 of the mission. It's the ending of the SCP. That was a good one. I love that one. That's a fun one. I, uh, yeah, a little bit of like kind of a dark interstellar. Which yeah, is fun. yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the concept of I have looked into the face of God and he does not love man. Ooh. Like, hey, what are you? Get out of here. <laughs> Go on, I like get. that little get, 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 you little scamp. <laughs> get that. No, no, no. Get get Imagine realizing you see the end of everything and you know it cannot be stopped. And then you saw yourself try to stop it. Yeah. And you saw yourself in every reality try to stop it. And you know you will always fail. That! Mmm. That's that existential I've horror. messed things up. I haven't, you know, I don't think I've had an L like that before. That's pretty <laughs> big. That's pretty big. That's rough. Catastrophic, unrecoverable L. It is more over for Captain Moreau than previously <laughs> thought possible. <laughs> uh, the SCP has recorded the expedition lost. Uh, that being the final tape. I, I, I assume they're not okay. Probably not okay. Yeah, that's how most of these go. That's how most of the space SCP goes. Hey, if you work for the SCP Foundation and they put you on a spaceship, um... Abandon hope! <laughs> yeah, look, if you're, if you're getting drafted to the SCP, you just gotta, you just gotta know, like, if you've got a low draft number, you just gotta volunteer for, like, one of the ground ones. You can't let you can't yeah. waste the chance they're putting you in the space one. Good. <laughs> the space Hulk. <laughs> hey, okay, we found an anomaly in space. We're not gonna touch it. I think uh, this is not this is not me talking about another SCP, but I think one of my favorite SCPs is like the SCP of like the Sun. The Sun is just pissed. <laughs> I won't get into it. I'll leave the audience to look that one up. But that that one keeps staying in my head. I'm just like, you know what? The sun has kind of had it. I get it's it. It's going to. I sure, sure. Everyone has their limits. Fair enough. All right, those those were good stories. Yeah. Well, Ray, I like this little mini tradition that we have uh, going on here for Halloween, and uh, I'm glad to be able to sneak this one in here. So. Um, well, folks, thanks for hanging out with us here. If you're listening to us on uh, Unscripted Gaming, uh, the main feed here, you know, hey, like and subscribe, leave a review. We sure appreciate those. Uh, you can find us at Unscripted underscore Gaming on, I think, X.com, unfortunately. How dare you? No, we we dead name. <laughs> we Twitter. dead name specifically X.com They're going to gonna, the banker. The bank is going to seize the asset and switch it back it's gonna happen and we will it'll be a glorious day <laughs> that uh, will be calling my shot day. here i i think that's a safe shot i i think it's a safe one i do want to get one last thing before we close out yeah that's right uh i talked about this last year oh wow it was actually last year last year i said i wrote a book it's called conscripted and armored um the toll of those forced to fight you should go read that book if you can it's on Kindle, it's on Amazon, you can go buy the physical copy, or, in hopefully two months from now, at the latest, there will be an audiobook version, so then you can get it into your ears. If you're listening to this through your ears, you can get that into your ears. 
and uh, hopefully you can enjoy the story that way. I recognize that for accessibility reasons, or I recognize like a couple months ago for accessibility reasons, some people just don't want to read a book. I get it. I feel you. Now you'll now, now I'm gonna break down that barrier. <laughs> right on. All right, and uh, if you want to continue to listen to us, I think you actually gave out the closing marks. Uh, Facebook. Twitter.com. No, I actually, you do type in Twitter.com. I will hear nothing else. Go to our website, unscriptedgaming.com. Or, uh, if you want to just listen to us on the podcast, listen to us on Apple, please leave us a review. They help out the ratings a lot. Hey, the people that have been listening to us in Poland, thank you. Congrats on your election. Good job. That's me. <laughs> Based election results. Uh, my name is Ray. My name is Mike. Peace. Peace.